الحمدللہ رب العالمین حمد نوافی نعمہ و یکافی و مزید و الصلاة و السلام علی خیرنا و علی و صحب صلیم اننا و نتعلم و تعلیم و تفکر و تفکر و نفع و نتفع و الفادة و الاستفادة و الدعاء الهود و الدلالة على الخیر و الحفظ و التمسك على كتاب الله و على سنت رسول الله صلی اللہ علی و علی و صحب صلیم Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, praise is worthy of a beneficent and exalted, merciful creator of all things in existence, the one who favors us with all that we have. And we ask our Lord most high to send copious and eternal blessings and salutations upon our beloved Prophet Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam amma ba'd. And we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which we teach and learn and we pay our respect to their elders past and present. So if we continue, the Imam then starts to talk about the, the intentions for actually being inside the masjid. So that's the intentions. The first part of it was the intentions for going to the masjid, and this is for being in the masjid. And he says, Niyatul Julusi fi masjid qal mu'alif rahimahullah radiyallahu anhu wa ankum nafana bihi wa biqum. Salawal ku'udu fi masajidi min afdalu sha'ni al-deen wa fada'il a'mal al-muttaqeen wa rafi'i darajat al-muhsineen wa la yaqumu ala thalika illa ahlul ikhlasi min al-mu'mineen kama qala al-nabiyi sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam sallam المساجد بستان بساتين المؤمنين والمنافقين في المساجد كالطير في القفص وكما قال حكيم الحكيم الصبر في في خلوة من من خصال المخلصين وهو علامات وجود الطريق. Saad <coughs> says the intentions for sitting in the masjid on page 56 and on the PDF 50 on the PDF thank you he says the intentions for sitting in mosques and remaining in them he said sitting in the mosque is from excellence in the religion and it is a virtuous act of the muttaqun the people of taqwa and one of the loftiest degrees of the muhsinun so 34 he says the word muhsin refers to those who practice ihsan down the bottom in the footnote which is excellence or the perfection of faith. In the hadith of Jibreel, Ihsan is defined as, Ihsan is to worship Allah as though you see him, and if you cannot see him, to know that he sees you. He says, And no one is steadfast in this except the people of sincerity amongst the believers or among the believers. For the Prophet ﷺ said, The mosques are gardens for the believers, and the hypocrite in the mosque is like a bird in a cage. Al-Hakim said, Patience in seclusion is one of the characteristics of the sincere, and it is a sign that, that a path to Allah exists in that person. He says, he continues actually, he says, يعطى ثوابا ويعطى ثوابا عظيما ويفوز به فوزا كبيرا فإن الأعمال بالنيات ولكل امرئ ما نواه. says it is required of the believer when sitting in the mosque to endeavor to have twelve recommended intentions for his sitting or her as the case may be. in this way for every intention abundant reward will be written for him tremendous merits will be bestowed upon him and he will achieve a great triumph because actions are only according to intentions. And every man shall have according to what he has intended. So, if we look at the the um, the, the first part of it, and the the, the Habib Saad or Habib Muhammad Aydarus bin Ali bin Aydarus, he says that to sit in the masjid, al-Qudu fil masjid, to sit in the houses of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, 
It's from the most virtuous aspects of the deen. This is, is from excellence in religion. I mean, afdali shatn. So it's, it's, it's the, the, the most virtuous part. Shatn is an aspect of the deen. Is to be in the, in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's min a'mal al-muttaqeen. So only those people that have taqwa, only those people that have consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and are aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and aware of their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the limits of their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those individuals, they perform that deed. They like sitting in the house of Allah. It says, وَرَفِيعِ دَرَجَاتُ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And it's also from the loftiest degrees of the muhsinin. So that as, we, as, as it was described in the footnote, that, the, that Ihsan is the goal. Ihsan is, Islam is the, in, the, the beginning part, the five pillars of our faith. And Iman is the next part of it, when, when, when Islam sinks firmly into one's heart and they believe in Allah properly and His angels properly and the, the books, etc. properly and the day of judgment and destiny. And the final part of it is the expression of those two things. The expression, the expression of Islam and the expression of, of um, Iman is manifested in Ihsan. In other words, those things affect the person's life. The, the, the praying, the fasting, you know, the hajj, the zakat, all these things, the shahada, of course, all these things affect the individual with their Iman to allow them to worship Allah as though they see Allah. Consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And excellence, Ihsan, Hasan, the word Hasan means to be excellent in whatever one's doing or to do to do something to the best of one's capacity, basically. So the ihsan has the, two, the double connotation. The first one is mentioned in the hadith, to worship Allah as though one sees Allah. And the second aspect of it, that same hadith, is that if one doesn't see Allah, they know Allah sees that, that individual, which is really the same thing, which is really that consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one can see Allah. No one can see Allah. We will on the Day of, ju the day of Judgment and the hereafter, but not in this world. Right? And then ihsan... Those people who have that who who have that that quality, that conscious of Allah in that way, then their deeds will be different. Then when they pray, like imagine a person who they've been praying for ten years or fifteen years or twenty years, and when they pray, they don't even feel that Allah is around. They they don't have that ihsan. They don't they can't feel that Allah's. They can see Allah as though they can see Allah. And if that's not there, they don't feel that Allah is even watching them in their prayers. Because they're thinking about a million different things. They forgot, oh, that I do rukur, that I do the rukur, is it proper or not proper? 20 years they've been praying. 20 years they've been going, making wudu, wearing the right clothes, facing the qibla, making sure they're clean. They learned the shurut, they learned how to read the fatiha properly, but there's no effect on a'udhu billah subhanahu wa ta'ala of their, of their salat. There's no consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no nearness to Allah in Salat. Imagine outside of Salat what's going on. So that is from the loftiest aspects, from the lost, lost, loftiest levels of those people who have Ihsan. And only a, only a person with true sincerity of the believers can be consistent in sitting in the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he goes on to explain why. He said, because, come on, as the Prophet said, alayhi salatu wasalam, it says, Bustan al-Mu'mineen. It's like a garden. The garden's for the believers. And a hypocrite in the mosque is like a bird in a cage. In other words, how is it they want to go in? Jumai, you noticed today, Jumai, what was going on? People looking at their watches, 
looking at their phones. You know, as soon as the salat's over, they go right in front of me today. It happened. As soon as the salat's over, yeah, brother, yeah, I'm, I'm praying. Salam alaikum, salam alaikum is on his phone. All right, bro, we're all busy. No, look, it's Juma. It's Juma. Once a week, right? Busy already. Or you go to the masjid and the brothers are all standing outside. Have you the imams on the mimbar? What are you doing? They're outside talking. Oh, I'll see you upstairs, bro. Yeah, no worries. Like, what do you mean? It's Juma. Once the imams on the mimbar, the angels close the books, the suhaf, the, 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 the scrolls. Oh, you came, you didn't come, they don't care anymore. You're not getting, there's no reward, it's just the faridah's crossed off, that's it. So, it's hard, especially in the day and age of today when our phone's buzzing and beeping and jumping and carrying on, it's hard to stay in those places. It's hard to stay, and we don't want to be of that description of those people that are described as, a, what's a bird in a cage do? Tell me what a bird in a cage does. Yeah, what does it do? Edge to edge, exactly. It's like it wants to get out. Jumps and jumps and jumps and jumps and goes and goes and comes and comes and does and goes. The whole time, it doesn't sit still. It never sits still. Because it's, it's perturbed. It's frustrated. When I believe, we don't want to be like that when it comes time to worship Allah, to make the remembrance of Allah, particularly in the houses of Allah and for the sisters, as we said, on the, on the uh, prayer mats. There's got to be a time for that. There's got to be a time for everything. Is there going to be a time to go on Snappy? Isn't that what you decide to call it? Snappy? Snapchat? There's got to be a time to go on that. There's got to be a time to go and have caramel chai lattes. And there's got to be a time for exercise. And there's got to be a time to sit on the prayer mat. If there's no time to sit on the prayer mat, what's the use of going on Snappy? What's the use of going and having out with... What's the point? If I don't have a relationship with Allah, what's the point of having a relationship with anybody else? What's, what's my relationship with anyone else going to get me? Is it going to make me happy? No, because even when I finish that relationship, that hanging with that person, I want to do something else to, to wind down. That means I didn't wind down with those people. I need some further downtime. After hanging out with, with my best friend, after speaking on the phone with the girl that I'm engaged to or the guy I'm engaged to or the guy I'm whatever, I've got to, I've got to have down. That means you're not relaxed. That means you're not relaxed. If everything, If the answer to everything is whatever, going on social media at the end of the day or the end of the night and just, that's it, I want to check everything. That means the rest of the day is a waste. It means I, all the things I did, they didn't give me contentment. I didn't, re, I didn't get peace. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't reach tranquility during the day. How is that going to give me tranquility? What's the last thing I want to do before I go to sleep? Is it eat? Is it exercise? Is it read Quran? Is it do dhikr? Is it go on snappy? What's well, the last thing I want to do every night? before? That's, that's the thing that relaxes me before I sleep. So if it's not the remembrance of Allah, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, well, He says, it doesn't mention his name. Unless he says, it doesn't mention it in English. Says al he says Al-Hakim here, or Al-Hakim, sorry, no, it's Al-Hakim. Al-Hakim said, Al-Hakim al-Sabr, he says, في الخلوة من الخصال المخلصين وهو علامات وجود الطريق. He says that, and this is something that we don't, we, we're the opposite in this day and age. If we stay alone for five minutes, and this talk, it says there, 
The patience in seclusion is one of the characteristics of the sincere. People have ikhlas. And it's a sign. So we, we can't be alone for five minutes. We've got to put some music on or talk to someone or watch a movie, video. Do something. If we're alone, our, own, our thoughts get to us. Our thoughts, like, we have to actually start thinking, which maybe we don't want to do. We actually have to start being, looking, looking at ourselves, being a bit introverted. In other words, looking at what we're doing and what we're thinking and the reality of our lives. Am I happy? And we don't want to do that because we know we're not. And then we also know that the capacity to change it, that, is in our own hands. And we don't want to blame ourselves. We don't want to take responsibility for our own happiness. We want to, oh, if my, if my mum did this when I was 10, I would have organised that. And how come my dad is so angry all the time and, and, you know, whatever. And then the school I went to, it wasn't a good school. And then no one taught me that. And it's everyone else's fault. It's everyone else's fault. We haven't come to take responsibility for our own actions. And how old am I? I'm 15. I'm 17. I'm 20. I'm 21. I'm 25. I'm 30. When, how, when am I going to start blaming other people? When am I going to take responsibility for myself? When am I going to say it's my own actions that have got me here? It's my own intentions that have got me here. It's, the, it's my own choices. I made those choices. No one forced me. Yeah, my dad wasn't there, but he's not perfect. He doesn't know what I want. He's doing his best. My mum's doing her best. Whoever's doing their best. So we don't want to do that because it's depressing. It's less depressing to go on a snappy and look at whatever other people are doing or so the one fail army is not the one. Everyone's like bumping into walls and falling off things. It's it's less depressing to do that because it's someone else has got the problem, not me. Someone else has got to work on themselves, not me. But that's not reality. And we're never going to be comfortable, and we're ne never going to be tranquil, and we're never going to be happy. We're not going to get to that stage unless we take that responsibility. Unless we account of ourselves, unless we say, yesterday, how was I? What did I do yesterday? What good things did I do yesterday? Well, how can I increase on those? What not so good things did I do yesterday? How can I rectify those? That's what makes us, in reality, that's what makes us happy. In reality, that's what makes us happy. Did I reach the goals I set for myself last month, last six months, one year? What am I looking to do? It's a new Hijri year now. If we didn't think about what I want to do in, in 1441, what am I doing there? What am I thinking about? Or it says, oh, last, man, Friday just came around. Oh, it's already finished. Next Friday. That's what it's going to be. See all that? It's going to be like that. It's going to be days. You won't even remember the days. That's what it's going to. Before, you need to remember when we were young, the hours used to go quick. Now the days go quick. Actually, it's getting to the point where the week's going quick. The days. Not even count. It's the weeks go a whole week, a whole week. That's seven days. A whole week, two hundred and fifty-six hours. Just goes, disappears. Where'd it go? When last week I was here, last week I was making bustle to go to Juma. Last week I was putting my atar to go to Juma. That's the stage we're in. Why? Because we're in ghafla. Sorry, we're in neglect. We're in neglect of ourselves. Don't worry about nothing else. We're in neglect of ourselves. We're worried about other stuff. Other things are consuming us. Other things are, are, are becoming important that are not important. And we know they're not important because when we finish them, oh man, what did I just waste my time? I could have done, what? what? Where'd that time go? I wasted it. That's what the people of Jannah are going to regret. That's what they're going to regret. 
So that's what he says here. Only for the sincere. And then he says, وَهُوَ عَلَامَ عَلَامَةُ وُجُودِ الطَّرِيقِ That is a definite sign that a person's on the right path. He says what? And it's a sign that, the, that a path to Allah exists in that person. Wow, great English. <coughs> yeah? The person who can sit there and focus for that amount of time and be conscious of their own thoughts and be a muraqaba of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, that imagining Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watching that individual and it is a sign that a path to Allah exists in that person. Exactly what he said, mashallah. Exactly. And what if it's not? What if it's not? Unfortunately, all my prayers, all my beard, all my hijab, all my eating halal, all my waking up for fajr, all my fasting in Ramadan, all my whatever, whatever else I did, the zakat that I gave and the sadaqah, yeah, I'm doing it, but it's not really taking me to Allah. And it's not, it's not allowing me to be happy. It's not allowing me to be content. Because that's when a person is really content, when they're traveling to Allah. So he says, and he says it's required of the believer when sitting in the mosque to endeavor to have 12 recommended intentions for his or her sitting. In this way, for every intention, abundant reward will be written for him. Tremendous merits will be bestowed upon him and he will achieve a, a great triumph because actions are only according to their intentions. So we want, we want the intention of being in the masjid to elevate our status. Yeah? And I want to leave you, with, and then it continues, uh, tremendous merits will be bestowed upon him and he will achieve a great triumph. Of course it's a great triumph. What's it a triumph over? What's it a triumph over? That's it. Nafs. Desires. Worldly things. That's the ultimate That's the ultimate triumph. That's the ultimate victory. And a person, the person realizes that thing by sitting in the masjid with the right intention. I challenge you between now and next week for the sisters you pray mats and go to the masjid. Some masjids like Auburn, Gallipoli, you can go there anytime basically. When you have a problem, when you don't feel happy, right, put your phone down. Uh, have you ever turned, when was the last time you turned your phone off for like a day or something? Hey, no, my, no, neither does mine. Mine doesn't go off. It does, but not as much, you know. But anyway, put your phone down and go to the house of Allah or go to the place where you, where you, you know, that, the place of sanctuary. Go there, sit for half an hour and, and see what happens. Report next week what happens. Inshallah, Azza Go to that place. If it's the brothers, best to go to the masjid. If it's a nice masjid where you're not going to get distracted and you can sit there. Just sit there. Walk in. Make wudu. Walk in. Pray turaqat tahit al-masjid. The entrance to the masjid, the turaqat. Same for the sisters on their prayer mats or in the masjid. No worries. And just sit there. Just let your mind run free. It's all right. Don't have to do it. But don't, don't take your phone with you. Or if you can leave it in the car or leave it wherever, I, I recommend that. Because it's going to be too tempting. Just sit for half an hour. Sit for 15 minutes and see what happens. See how your thoughts, see how they, what they do. See how they travel, how they meander. And then see how you feel when you walk out. And then see how you feel when you walk out. So he says, it's a tremendous and a great triumph because actions are only according to your intentions and every man shall have according to what he has intended. I'll leave you with this. If a person sits in the masjid waiting for the prayers, 
with wudu. Guess what happens? The angels come to that person. So that means the sisters sitting on their, their prayer mats, they've made wakaf, or even doesn't have to be wakaf, but the place they've made is their sanctuary. Yeah, the angels come to that person, particularly if they're waiting for the prayer. And then what do they say? Allahumma arhamhu. Allahumma lahu. Allahumma tub alayhi. Ya Allah, have mercy on that person. Ya Allah, forgive the sins of that person. Ya Allah, tub In other words, tub start him again. Pardon that person. Yeah, imagine you're sitting there and the angels come. They sit next to you. That's what happens. Allah sends the angels. They sit next to you and they say, they make that dua for you to Allah. How are you going to feel? How are you going to feel? Hamhu. Kfirlu. Tubalay. That's any time a person sits waiting for the prayers. That's why you're saying about before the Adhan, of course. That's why those people that go before the Adhan, they're going to be different. Their angels are around them. The angels are around them. It's in, this, in the Shafi'iyah, it's Farad Kifayah. In other words, a portion of the, of the community has to go to the Masjid at the time of prayer. It's a Farad Kifayah in the Shafi'iyah. Right? Which means if, if a portion of the Masjid, portion of the community doesn't go and pray Jama'ah in the Masjid, then the whole community is sinful. The whole community is sinful. So imagine that. Imagine that's how you lead your life. Imagine you lead your life that way, where the priority is to get that dua. Alhamhu, firlahu, tubale. Have mercy on that person. Forgive that person's sins and pardon that person. Tubale. That's it. As if they had no sins. That's just from sitting in the masjid. And in wudu. That's the other condition of that hadith. In wudu. And really waiting for the prayer. So that's the. That's, that's the balance, yeah? That's the balancing act of those who, who are, have got a path. Oh, what he said was great. I really liked it. Those, it is, a sign, it is a sign that a path to Allah exists in that person. Or a path to other than Allah. There's only two paths. It's the path to Allah or other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the only one that makes us happy, the only one that makes us content, the only one that gives us ease, the only one that gives us tranquility is the one to Allah. The other one, The life of this world is verily a, a pleasure of falsities. غرور. No, it's not really. Yeah, it's trickeries. Trickeries. Delusion. Yeah. It's a, it's a pleasure of delusion. Illusion, you might even say. It's a pleasure of illusion. It's a, in other words, we think we're happy, but really we're not. We think we're enjoying ourselves, but really we're not. Because the, the pleasure of the thing is determined afterwards as well. It's the aftertaste. In other words, if you, like we said, if you're with your friends and you're having a good time, and you need downtime after that, you really weren't enjoying yourself. It was takalluf. In other words, you had to force yourself to be like that. We had to force yourself to act in that way. I had to force yourself not to say that thing. I had to force yourself to say that thing, whether you realize it or not. Whether it's sport or the gym or swimming or what is it, retail therapy or whatever it was, snappy or whatever. If afterwards, you need downtime from it. And the other thing is, 
if one doesn't get fulfillment from it. It's like you go and you have something to eat, and stomach's gurgling afterwards, feeling sick after eating that meal. Was there any benefit in that meal? Maybe someone's going to get food poisoning from that. Or it's an allergy, they're allergic to a particular thing, and they eat it, and it makes them upset, or they break out in hives, or whatever it might be. That's the, the determinative factor is not there. And the, and the converse, the other side of that, is that if you're content, after, oh, wow, that was a great gathering. Look back, that was a great, oh, I was so happy. I wish I could be in that gathering all the time. I wish I could eat that food, whatever it is, all the time. I wish I could say that all the time. I wish I could make that diet all the time. I wish my prayer was like that all the time. I wish my vicar was like that, whatever it is. I wish I could go to that place and see that beautiful thing all the time. I wish I could serve that person all the time. Whatever it is that bring that feeling, that's what one will feel from that. That means that the person truly benefited and was nourished physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally from whatever they were doing. So any, any questions about any of those things? So what's the homework? Yeah, when you're feeling a bit how you're going, go to the, to the place that's a sanctuary for you. Whether it's the masjid, or whether it's the place you've determined, and just sit there without your phone. That's the condition. Sit there without your phone, 15, 20 minutes. If you can do half an hour, it's good. And see how you feel. Write it down even. Okay, you can use your phone to write it down. It's all right afterwards. So you can remember. Right? So that you can remember. So that you can feel how you felt at that time. And then later on, if you can do that as well, when you try and do something else with your friends or whatever it is that you think is relaxing for you, and you come back from there and say, mm, I didn't really enjoy that. I didn't really write that how you felt as well. And you don't have to read it to me. You don't have to read it to anyone. You have to read it to yourself. So you, you yourself can determine for your own self what your priorities should lie. And what really makes you feel good. And what really gives you happiness. And what really doesn't. All right, any other questions about any of those things? Or anything else? No. At the entrance to the masjid, at the entrance to the masjid, to the door of the masjid, yeah, that's that's where the you can make it at the gate if you like as well. It's not a problem with that. But the you know the the the, dikta, the proper way is when you're about to enter the masjid, you enter with your which foot do you enter the masjid with? Right foot, okay. Enter with your right foot and then read the diet. Really, the door again, yeah. It's really the door, unless unless they're using the the area that's outside, like some masjid for the prayer area. Then it'd be when you enter that prayer area. So if they're you know using there's an awning or that's outside, there's no cover, whatever it is. As soon as you enter that prayer area, you take off your shoes and you enter that prayer area. Yeah, it's like it's not it's not hard to get it in Australia. Alhamdulillah, it's not hard to be in the front row on Juma. You just have to come ten minutes before the adhan, ten even seven minutes. Seven minutes before the Adhan, you'll be in the first or second row. Most Masajid. Yeah, except the Turkish Masajid. Most of the Masajid, that's, it's not that hard. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of what? Priorities. It's just a matter of priorities. All right, the rest of the, the, the week, whatever, whatever, I'll do what I can. But on Friday, there should be a special effort made. You know, we need to make that special effort be with it. Tamam? Or any other questions about that or anything else? Generally speaking, you have a question? Fasting, 
Oh, yeah, Jazakallah Khair, remind me, Tadbul. Oh, it's a really good question because Maharram um, is the month of the first month, as we said, of the Islamic year, and the tenth of Muharram is the day that Allah Azawajal. The Hadith says that the Prophet saw the Jews fasting in Medina. There's more Jews in Medina than was in Mecca. I don't know if there was any in Mecca actually. Apparently, there was any. Muhum, they were there in, in Medina. And they were fasting the tent, and then he asked, why, why are they fasting? And they said, that's the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emancipated Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam and, and Bani Israel from the oppression and the tyranny of Fir'aun. And then he said, Nahna awlu bi, bi Musa minhum. We, are, we have more priority to, to Musa alayhi salam than they do. So he ordered them, that was in the last year of Hijrah, the last year of his life alayhi salatu salam. And he never got to fast um, uh, the Ashura that way, but he ordered everyone to do it. And then when we look at what the... Um, what the scholars have compiled, it's not just there. That's the day Allah Azawajal forgave Adam. That's the day Allah Subhanahu wa saved Nuh and the people in the, in the, in the, um, in the ark. That's the day Allah Subhanahu wa took Sayyidina Zilnun uh, Yunus out of the whale and all the other good things that you know, the people were saved from. That, that was that day. So it's, it's, it's not just for Bani Israel, but that's where the hadith comes from. But the scholars, they, they took all the good, all the the savings of all the people of all the, you know, today Sayyidina Ibrahim was saved from the, came out of the fire with Nimrud. So all those things that, that, that went on with the prophets, they happened on the, the, the 10th of Muharram. And so the reason why it's, it's good to fast the 9th and the 10th, or the 10th and the 11th, is just Mukhalafah. We don't want to do and copy what the Jews and the Christians do. We want to do, so if you can just, if you can do the 9th and 10th, it's better. If you can just do the 10th, just do the 10th. But it's better if you do the 10th. And the eleventh or the ninth and the tenth. It's it's much much better, mashallah. Nah. No. So the jinns they, they stand the Shaltin in particular, they stand on each other's shoulders to um to listen to the khabar. They used to do that. And then Allah just you know sends the shooting stars to destroy them. But I don't know, it's a good question. Question. So if you look at uh, uh, Azazil, who was Shaitan, he was up there with the angel, but so was Sayyidina Adam, alayhi salam. So, I don't know. Good question. If I come across an answer, I don't think there's anything that you can find easily. If I come across an answer, I'll let you know, inshallah. Tabla. You mentioned about accountability being the source And is there any external accountability? So the Prophet said, it's a good question about accountability. So each of us should take his own or her own stock, so to speak. We should be accountable for ourselves. So what we did during the week, what we did during the day. So that's the time in Tahajjud really is the best time to do that. So that the time of Tahajjud, which is these days before quarter to five in the morning, to wake up at that time, there's no one else awake generally, the whole world where we live anyway is asleep, and to take stock of oneself at that time. Or to pick another time before one goes to sleep and take one's own stock. But I don't know people, it's not a good idea to do it in groups, I don't think, because it's a sensitive issue. It's a sensitive issue, and we don't want to expose our, if we didn't wake up for Fajr one day during the week for whatever reason, 
Um, it's not good to expose our sins. It's not, you know, it's not the prophetic tradition. It's not part of the prophetic tradition to tell other people what sins that we did. We should guard our sins. So I don't know if there's any groups that do it, but we should certainly do that ourselves. And and that's setting, that's goal setting, and and then um, working to achieve our goals, setting plans to achieve our goals. That's something that every believer should be doing. And time management. No one can be successful in anything without being without managing their time properly. Anything that, that a person wants to do in their life, if they don't manage their time properly, they'll never be successful. They may they may appear to be successful, but the reality won't be will be that they haven't reached their full potential or the potential they could reach. So that's saying that each one of us should take according to what his or her own intentions and goals are for whatever they've got in their own dinner life and outside of dinner as well. Shall we good question? Any other questions?